Mama Pod, real ass moms sharing real ass experiences, the things people don't tell you. Hey, Mama, hey. Hey, Mama, what's going on, friends? I am so happy to see you. We are actually recording together, y'all. Um, <laughs> it's y'all, been a while. It's been a y'all minute. Y'all didn't know. <laughs> it's been a minute, and you can probably tell from our audio. Uh, but yes, I'm happy to see you in the flesh. Um, we are going to be working on video next. So, <laughs> so many layers so to many learn layers in this process. This. So just yes. continue to bear. So bear with us. Bear with us, y'all. But we miss y'all. I miss you, friend. How Do you been? You miss me? Yeah. Tell the people how much you miss me. Just a little bit, child. I cannot. <laughs> I, I miss you too, deal. friend. I know. Y'all know me and Devin live, um, what, four hours away from each other. So we don't see each other often. Uh, But when we have an opportunity, we do try to take advantage. So this was one of those opportunities that we had. So we're here. And we have friends with us. Yes, I am so excited for this episode. Uh, So you all, a lot of our listeners have written in and said, yes, we love the interviews. We love the topics. But we want to just hear more like, regular mom stuff Mm -hmm. so we thought it would be great to um ask some of our friends to join us and have like a mama talk uh episode so i'm really really excited about this episode and the thing is like imagine this being like a text group Mm -hmm. where you got all your friends in this group Everybody got kids. Everybody kids on their nerves. Their husbands might be on their nerves. Their partners of any sort might be on their nerves. And they're just venting about life. So this is what this conversation is. It's friends in a text group letting it all out. Yep. That's the imagery I have, at least. Absolutely. I'm excited about the call today, too. We have two of our friends from college. Y'all know we're heavy on the Rattler vibes. Mm -hmm. And these are friends that have been around for years. We met them in college. Our kids have pretty much been birthed around the same time. A lot of us actually live in the same city, so we see each other when we can. Y'all know life is busy, Mm -hmm. uh, especially with these kids, but... I'm so happy to have them here join us um, to have some conversation, like bringing this text group to the podcast, essentially. Yes. So we have, well, who, who are we introducing first? Let me see. Eeny, meeny, mighty mo. We have two friends. Mm-hmm. So let's start with Taylor. Taylor is our really good friend. She's also a godmother to our kids. Mm-hmm. And we have been friends with Taylor for over 10 years. And we're super excited to talk to her. She has two kids. We're not gonna let we're not gonna talk about it. I'm gonna let her talk about it. But mm-hmm. her kids are also our godchildren. And I'm personally super excited to have Taylor here. And we also have Talia, who is another good Rattler friend of ours. She has her baby girl. They live in Atlanta. I'm not going to talk about Talia. I'm going to let Talia talk about Talia. And again, I'm super excited to have them. So who do we want to have introduce themselves first? Well, I guess Taylor (laughs) introduced her already. So let's just keep it in order so it makes sense since we don't have a visual. So Taylor, (laughs) welcome to the show, friend. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, Excited to have this conversation. Mamahood is a, it's an interesting journey, a a blessing, but it's an interesting journey and 
keep chewing your toes. So thank you for having me. Toes indeed. So Taylor, tell us about your journey. How what's, what's your journey to mamahood look like? Um, so my journey has been, um, well, let me take a step back. I have um, two wonderful children. My daughter, Reese, who is a diva. Um, <laughs> she is four and a half. And yeah, she is just all things girly. And my son, Eric II, but everyone knows him as Deuce. He is um, 14 months and he is extremely chill, laid back and does whatever he wants to at his time. So um, <laughs> to motherhood started um, Super Bowl weekend of 2017. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, where they were in the Super Bowl. Who were they playing? The Patriots? I don't remember who they were playing, but everyone was excited in Atlanta, and um, we ended up hosting um, a peach theme Super Bowl party at my house. And the Falcons lost, but hey, we won because we end up pregnant. <laughs> and, uh, we were pregnant with Reese and it was unexpected, uh, but she has been a joy um, and just brings so much funk to our lives. Um, and with Juice, uh, during COVID, you know, everyone was locked down. We're like, oh, this is the perfect time to have another kid. You know, we're just in the house. This would be perfect. Well, we found out we were pregnant with him in July of 2020. His journey was completely different from Reese. Um, my husband is in um, the Navy. Um, as well as uh, a business consultant. So um, a month after we found out we were pregnant with the baby with Deuce, we also found out that my husband was going to be um, deployed on a 12-month deployment. So his journey um, to the world was completely different. And um, I've learned a lot from all of those pregnancies um, and just the four years that Reese has been here, the, the year and a few months that Juice has been here, and they've, they've made me a better person. And I just love them so much. Oh, that was so sweet. I love them, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Taylor, you say Eric is in the Navy and he's a you said business consultant, right? Yes. Um, so. Eric um, is an officer in the Navy. Um, he was commissioned back in 2010. He is a Rattler, too. We are a fam you love, Rattler love. Um, so he was commissioned, not in 2010. I graduated in 2010. 20, or 2009, excuse me. Um, and in 2000, I believe it was 15, he decided that he wanted to... Um, transition into the civilian world. However, he decided to stay in the reserve mm -hmm. as a reservist in the Navy. So um, we get a little bit of both. Um, we get a little bit of the military life as well as the civilian life. Yeah. And, um, but uh, he was called for an unexpected um, deployment. Normally it doesn't happen, but because of specific qualifications, he was selected for this deployment. And it couldn't have happened at a, a worse time. But, hey, we made it through, and we are here to tell the story. All right. Well, thanks for clearing that up. I'm sure some folks are like, how is he in the Navy? And <laughs> yes, he is a reservist. 
cool. Um, so Talia, tell us about your journey to mamahood. Hey, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here and love everything you guys are doing with this podcast. Um, so my journey to motherhood was very unexpected, actually. Um, so back in 2017, maybe, um, my husband and I went to a fertility specialist where we just wanted to check everything out and make sure everything was working as it should. And the uh, specialist said to me that my tubes are possibly blocked, right? I went and did all of the procedures. And so um, we were like, okay, probably IVF would be the route, right? Since it probably wouldn't happen naturally. So we were like, well, let's just go about our lives right and at least now we know when we're ready what the process is going to be like and so um i was working in consulting for deloitte at the time and i had an opportunity to go work for nike but this role was so big it would require me to be in boston a lot of the time while also traveling back and forth to portland oregon and um we looked at each other like wow this is about to be crazy, you know, having an apartment in Boston, having a house in Atlanta. And um, my husband was like, you know what, we don't have no kids, let's just do it, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I ended up leaving Deloitte, uh, I think it was September, and I started uh, Nike the October, and then found out we were pregnant in December. So just a couple months after making this huge job move, which was really based on the fact that we didn't have kids, I ended up getting pregnant naturally. Um, and that happened. <laughs> right. God is good, right? If God say so. <laughs> um, so that definitely took an unexpected turn. We were not prepared. Um, we did not plan for me to not be living in the same city as my husband while I was pregnant. And so for a couple months, I was doing a lot of traveling back and forth. Sometimes he would come up to Boston or Portland. It felt really chaotic um, at first and uh, trying to figure out, you know, where my doctor's appointments would be, um, depending on what city I'm in. And so um, it was very unexpected. And so we finally had Ava the September. A lot happened in between <laughs> that time. I'll save all that for later. Um, but Ava Simone, who will be three in September of this year, she is just an amazing, I think she's like the best versions of us. Mm. Um, everything that I want to be, she is. She's so confident, bold. She's okay with like doing things her way. You know, she'll mingle with the kids, but she's all right playing by herself too. <laughs> you know, I just love everything about her. She's so daring and um, she's made her life exciting and she made us better. So I'm really excited to be on this mama journey and to be her mom. Aww. Thank you for sharing that, Talia. We love our Ava. Yes. Yeah. Her little sassy self. She is so sassy. <laughs> and she loves to dance. She's so cute. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> so since we are kind of talking about your birth stories, um, we all kind of went through 
a little bit of trauma when it came to like delivering and having our children. Uh, so what was your experience like, uh, Talia? Can you kind of, cause you were pretty open about it um, on social media. Um, and I love you for that because a lot of people go through things and don't necessarily talk about it. And it's okay if you're a private person, but I really appreciate the people who, are open about it because it gives us insight and knowledge and help us learn and be a little bit more empathetic too. Um, because I think society kind of think women can do it all right. And that we're superheroes and all this stuff is because we're so silent, but now we are speaking out about it and letting them know like, this is okay. And I cannot do this. I do need more time off work. I do need to be there to heal and be there for my children. Um, so I do definitely, or child. Um, so I do definitely appreciate you for, you know, really just telling your whole story. So, um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Wow. So, you know, with Ava, um, you know, I was, I think I was so busy and I threw myself into work that really the first like five months was a blur. And I remember I was in Boston and I had like this really sharp uh, pain. Um, and I was like, you know, something didn't feel right. Um, and so I said, okay, let me travel back to Atlanta and just, you know, follow up my doctor and see what's going on. And I, I think at the time I had found out I had like a fibroid or something, which was causing those like excruciating pain. And they said what was happening was Ava was taking the blood flow from the fibroid, basically killing it. And, you know, it made it really uh, painful for me. But it, it was during that doctor's uh, appointment when I found out that I maybe have like the hypertension I think is what they call it which is basically just like really high blood pressure and they said it's possible that I was going to have to deliver early so at that point I was seeing them what really felt like every week that's really what it felt like I was seeing they knew me so much like so well when I walked into the hospital they were like hey Miss Parker um, and I just went and sat down. They already knew who I was. Um, and so because of the hypertension, they said I would have to deliver at 37 weeks. Um, because at that point, they said the risk to my life would be greater than the risk to the baby. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay. Um, and I, I went through the Emory Network. And I say that because I think it's important <laughs> for those of us in Atlanta to know. Um, so at 37 weeks, I check into the hospital. Um, I checked in on September 3rd. I didn't deliver Ava until the 6th. So that was like a three-day period in the hospital. Mm -hmm. um, they had me on these large doses of magnesium, which was to help me help to relax my muscles uh, to prevent a stroke. But then they were also giving me, I think the Pitocin is what they call it, mm -hmm. to get me to uh, dilate. But the thing is, the Pitocin makes you contract and the magnesium makes your muscles relax. So they counteract each other. And so I didn't dilate at all. I was in the hospital miserable. They were giving me all this medication. Mm. And I started having a nosebleed. And at this point, I wasn't eating. So I started to get a little delirious and scared. And I looked at my husband. He looked at me. And he was scared. He was crying because he's a doctor. And he wanted me to have the most natural 
first possible because um, he knows all the risk and we prayed about it and then we told him you know what let's go ahead and have uh, the c-section right mm-hmm. with them rolling me back to the operating room I don't know what happened with my vitals but something happened between them rolling me back to the operating room where I was now a code sort which is when they call everybody, all the nurses, all the doctors kind of rush into the operating room because they need all hands on deck. Um, Ava's heart rate was dropping. My vitals were not good. And they said we had to get the baby out or else it's not going to be good, right? So the issue with my birth trauma was the anesthesiologist. I did have a black female surgeon. Um, And right before they started cutting, they were like, can you feel this? And I said, yeah, I can feel it. And the anesthesiologist told the surgeon and all of the, you know, the assisting folks, go ahead. She won't remember any of it. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. She was like, go ahead. You know, she'll be fine. She won't remember any of it. And so they started cutting oh and I God. felt it and I screamed. I, I still remember it vividly. I screamed from exhaustion. I was so exhausted from I kept passing out waking up passing out um, my husband was scared because uh, he kept tapping me on my face and I told him I said they, they're gonna kill me I was like I'm gonna die I'm not gonna make it out of this and so he's trying to advocate for me and then they threatened him like they were gonna kick him out so he was just scared he felt like all he could do was just sit there and watch me scream basically and because I was in so much pain my muscles were so tight that even during the c-section they still couldn't get ava out because she was stuck so they had to cut even more of my muscles and then end up having to use um a suction and i'm trying not to get (laughs) this is the part where it just gets really emotional for me every time so they use the back the suction to suck her out during a c-section that almost never happens during a Mm c-section And my baby comes out with this bloodshot red eye, um, a lump on her head. And And for a month after my delivery, I stayed in my room for two months. I would not leave my room. I I wouldn't leave my bed and I wouldn't let anyone touch Ava because I was so like I didn't protect her from Mm -hmm. that. It's It's okay. I'm tearing up with you. I know. <laughs> it's like, where's the <laughs> tissue? It's okay. Ava is fine. <laughs> um, so my trauma, um, I felt like I didn't protect her. And I think the worst part about that delivery was when they rolled me back to the nurse's room, nobody came back and said, I'm sorry, or this is what went wrong. Everyone acted like it never happened. <sighs> and it was just, I've never felt so powerless in my life, you know? Um, I mean, even the doctor at one point stopped and said, hey, can you do something? I can't work like this. And the anesthesiologist has completely ignored me and said, she'll be fine. She won't remember any of it. And here I am almost three years later, and I remember every single thing about my delivery. Oh, my God. And so I am doing therapy for that, too. Um, And it did make my start into motherhood very challenging because my mom was here for a month, and then she had to go home. So my journey that postpartum was just not good, um, dealing with the trauma of that. Um, 
so yeah, my long story short, <laughs> that was my, um, that's my story. Um, and three years, almost three years later, I'm still kind of working through that trauma, which is crazy because when you think postpartum, you think like a year mm-hmm. time and you know, you're fine, but it's crazy how trauma can just really prolong, you know, even after a couple of years. Absolutely. And that's another layer of a conversation. Folks feel that there is a date on when postpartum ends. And, and it's not. It's not a date. <laughs> it's really not yeah. a date. Um, one, thank you for your transparency. Um, sorry if my voice sounds a little crackly, but I definitely shed a ch- tear with you because mm-hmm. that was really hard to hear. Um, and I couldn't imagine experiencing that. Yeah. So thank you for your vulnerability, and I'm so happy you're here today. Um, you and Ava. Yes, I'm happy Ava is healthy, and just you wouldn't even known any of that happened to her. I'm glad she didn't remember that, you know? Yeah. Um, and it sucks that you have to go through that. So thank you for that. I really appreciate Talia, it. Talia, before we um, move on to Taylor, you were you diagnosed with preeclampsia? Yeah. By the okay. time they wrote me back, they said it was preeclampsia. And I imagine it got up to severe preeclampsia yeah okay yeah and even after I delivered my blood pressure it took like months before it could even regulate so you have pre and post preeclampsia post-clampsia wow yeah I had that yeah okay Mm -hmm. oh girl bless your heart bless you I'm glad God was on your side Mm -hmm. oh me too thank you well Taylor. Uh, <laughs> Taylor, tell us about you. Ooh, Taylor, you should have went first, child. You're <laughs> <laughs> trying to get myself together. I know. I, I knew, Talia, that you had some, some birth trauma, but I, I didn't, didn't know, know it was, it was that was, deep. Yeah. I didn't know all those details. So I, again, thank you so much. We, we appreciate you for being so transparent and vulnerable with your, your story. Yeah, Talia, every time I hear that story, I tear up as if it's the first time. Like, I just, I can't imagine. And it's, um, like they said, thank God you're still here. You know, thank God Ava is here. And um, I delivered at Emory as well with Reese. Um, my experience um, was a little different, but with Reese throughout my entire pregnancy, um, I was, pretty much, I feel like I had a pretty normal um, pregnancy. My first trimester for both of my kids was really, really rough. I always got sick, Um, extreme nausea to the point where I was actually losing weight. So I've lost weight in both of my pregnancies, which most people are like, oh, that's a good thing, which it was a good thing because, you know, um, who doesn't want to lose weight? But it with, um, especially juice, it became more of a health issue than just me losing weight but um delivering Reese I had a pretty um normal pregnancy um but I had a lot of transition oh, one second. sorry y'all mamahood just uh we have plenty of babies crying on episodes <laughs> my baby is crying in the background because he wanted me and would not sit with his dad so um here play with that Okay. We had Coco um, Melon. We had all kind of stuff on the road. We got a Keely on right now on the <laughs> iPad. If you don't want it, any other time. But anyway, 
Um, but with Reed, I was going through a lot of transitions. So I actually switched jobs um, during my first trimester. And um, for the first few months, I felt like I needed to hide my pregnancy because mm. I didn't want my new employers to think that, you know, uh, to view me as um, a disability, as my pregnancy as a disability. I wanted them to know that I was still able to do the work and I was still qualified. So for the first few months, I had to hide my pregnancy. And I'm ashamed to say that, but I know I'm not the only mother or woman who has felt that way because Mm-mm. I didn't think that they would hire me if they knew I was pregnant. Right. That's another um, episode. Listen. <laughs> so um okay man. So um it got to the point where I was I ended up having to go to the emergency room while I was pregnant with grief um during work because um I thought I was contracting at about 30, 28 weeks um, or 30 weeks. And so, um, um, and so um, it found, come to find out I wasn't getting enough water. I wasn't drinking enough water. And that was because I was limiting my water because um, I was in back-to-back meetings and um, you know, drinking water. Of course, everyone knows that when you're pregnant, you already got to go to the bathroom a million times a day. Right. So trying to limit the amount of times I have to go to the bathroom in between meetings because I had meetings back to back. And again, it's me, you know, not wanting to look like an issue. Right. So again, one of the things that I regret as a mother putting my health and the health of my baby at jeopardy to save face for my job. Right. Um, so once that happened, once they released me and they're like, girl, drink your water, eat your food, who cares? Um, just started taking better care of myself. I also dealt with um, round ligament pain where Reese um, sat very low and she sat on my pelvis area. So I would have really, really bad pains. I would have to wear like braces. It got to the point where the last two or three weeks of my pregnancy, I needed to work from home because I just couldn't go up and down the stairs anymore. And um, I had meetings from on one floor to another. I just couldn't do it anymore just because of all the pain. Um, at about 39 weeks, I started feeling really, really sharp, um, really, really sharp um, pain. And I thought I was contracting. My husband, you know, it's our first baby. We don't know what to expect. We rushed to the hospital, and um, the contractions stop when we get to the hospital. But I'm like, nope, we're going to stay. We're going to figure what's going on. And they were like, okay, well, yeah, you probably were contracting, but you're not dilated. You're, you're not even a centimeter dilated. Mm-hmm. So we go home. I contract for an entire week. Um, and um, it got to the point, anyone who knows me, I don't deal with pain very well. So I felt like I was probably nine centimeters at this point. (laughs) (laughs) And I get, we, I I call my doctor, I'm doing my checkups and I'm like, you know, something's not right. Like y'all can't tell me this is, I'm not contracting now. I'm not in labor right now. Um, They finally uh, scheduled us to come in. We go in and they're like, oh yeah, you are leaking fluid. Um, You're not dilated. You're only like a centimeter or two dilated, but 
um, you're, you have a slow leak. So we're going to admit you. That was on a Saturday. Um, stayed overnight. Um, I get put on Pitocin as well uh, to kind of help with um, getting the contractions done. Again, I, the Pitocin um, and heightens your contractions, so they're coming stronger. Again, I'm struggling with the, the one centimeter contraction. So just imagine <laughs> um, adding additional pain to it. Um, and it got to the point where they hear me screaming down the hallway. The doctors come in and they're like, okay, well, you're technically three centimeters, but we're going to say four so you can get this epidural. Because <laughs> I get the um, epidural, I'm fine. Like epidural knocks out all the pain. I can't feel anything. I'm like, oh, this is great. Um, I have Reese. Everything goes well. Uh, we're in the hospital maybe two days. Get this uh, discharge. I get home a couple days later, maybe like a day or two later. I start getting these bad headaches, like really, really bad headaches anytime I stand up. So I have to lay down. Um, I'm like, okay, well, what am I looking for to ensure that it does not um, that it doesn't drop again. So anytime it would drop, I would call them in like, hey, um, y'all need to come, what, what's going on? So I'm, I'm super, super scared. They come and bring in um, the anesthesiologist to get my epidural. His name was Taylor, I'll never forget. He's just talking, kick-hacking, like just trying to have a good time, having a great conversation. He messes up my epidural. Like he couldn't, he, he kept poking me. <laughs> Um, so after he leaves, I'm like, Eric, like, I can still feel stuff. And they're like, oh, we're going to feel discomfort. I'm like, no, no, no. I've been through this before. I didn't feel anything with my daughter. I'm still feeling stuff. And they're like, no, no, no. Um, you're, you're going to feel some discomfort. I'm like, no, I feel pain. Like I'm in pain. Um, so we go along, like I'm contracting, I'm not dilating. Um, they end up giving me some type of medicine. I'm not sure what it was, but to help me dilate. Eventually I started dilating and, um, but he's not moving, um, down as far as he needs to. And it got to the point where his heart rate just kept dropping, dropping, dropping. And they're like, okay, we got to try to get him out, um, before, or else we're going to have to do a cesarean. Me, I don't know. I'm sure you all have felt as women, like, okay, I got to put my superwoman cap on. I don't want a cesarean. Like, you find strength from inside somewhere. I pushed him out in two pushes. I wanted to get him out because I didn't want a cesarean. I'm like, I, I don't want to go under the, under the knife. Let me push him out. Got him out. He's fine. We find out the reason why he, um, his blood pressure was dropping or his heart rate was dropping was because he has a short umbilical cord. And it was tugging. Um, every time we would have a contraction, it um, would cause his heart rate to drop. We get out the hospital because, again, I deliver him during COVID. We get out the hospital the next day. Maybe two days later, I'm experiencing these same headaches that I experienced with priests. I'm like, something isn't right. Like, it can't, you can't tell me this is an effect from the epidural. 
um, I believe it was Devin, you told me, check your heart, check your blood pressure. Mm -hmm. Check my blood pressure. It was extremely high. I've never had blood pressure issues ever in my life. I call my doctor. They're like, come in now. I was diagnosed with postpartum preeclampsia or postclampsia and hypertension. We were we had to stay in the hospital for three days uh, to get the magnesium drip and um, some other treatments. So my husband, myself, and the baby are in the hospital again. After that, I get put on blood pressure medicine, and I'm required to check my blood pressure twice a day. When I tell you I hated it because I was nervous every time I checked my blood pressure. Like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be high. And I felt like I was causing myself to, with anxiety, to have high blood pressure. And so it got to a point where a few, maybe a month or two um, postpartum, I decided to just stop checking my blood pressure. I started learning the signs of my body to know when my blood pressure was um, high. It would be caused during, or it would, if I got like really bad headaches or if I felt um, a little weak, I knew when my blood pressure was high and I was able to fix it from there. And also trying to limit my stress, which is hard because when you're talking about um, as I mentioned earlier, my husband was deployed um, while I was pregnant and during majority of the first year of my son's uh, life. So it, it's extremely hard to limit your stress during that time. However, taking it a day at a time, learning how to navigate through any challenges, learning how to um, just give myself grace, give my children grace. Mm-hmm. Um that also helps with managing my blood pressure. And now I'm not on any blood pressure medicine, thank God, because one of the things my OB said, you know, you may be on it for the rest of your life. I don't want to be on medicine for the rest of my life. I want to be able to manage, um, you know, manage my own health. And so just really working towards, um, working towards having a healthy lifestyle, doing what I need to do to limit that type of um, not having to take medications and, um, and limiting stress. You said some key things here. Um, one thing you forgot to mention, and you don't have to go into detail with it, but you did experience a surgery where I'm pregnant as well with Deuce. Um, so (laughs) that was, uh, I know a little bit challenging and you had some experiences with that, but, um, so go ahead. You want me to talk briefly about that? Yeah, you can talk briefly about it, and then I want to table back to some of the things that you have said. Yeah. So, um, yeah, during COVID and being uh, in my first trimester of pregnancy, I noticed that I had a very significant pain um, on, like, my tailbone. And I was actually driving down to see you, Devin. Yeah. Um, And I were driving down to um, hang with you guys for a couple of weeks. And driving down, I'm like, why Why does my tailbone hurt? And so the pain grew significantly over a couple of days. And I started to notice a lump, like a dark lump. And um, come to find out I had a, a, an abscess um, that was growing and infected. So I had to have like an emergency surgery. Um, now, mind you, this is still in 2020 during COVID when you can't have any guests. So I had to have the surgery while I'm pregnant. 
without my husband or anyone there to support me. Um, they would not, because my baby was in the first trimester, I had to advocate to have him checked because they would not check him or put him on a monitor. And they're like, oh, well, he's still in the first trimester, so we don't monitor. I'm like, and you're not, also, you're not in labor and delivery. This is just a surgical unit. I'm like, I don't care. I want you all to check him. You're, you have me under anesthesia. I want you to check to make sure that he is okay and I'm okay. Mm-hmm. So, again, having to advocate for yourself, especially when you don't have anyone there to advocate for you, is so, so, so important. It was so scary. Um, and while I was there, they didn't, I didn't have food for over 24 hours because they don't allow you, you know, when you're going through a surgery, you're not supposed to, you're supposed to fast until the surgery. I think it was like eight hours. So I couldn't, I had to fast. And then once um, the procedure was done and I um, woke up out of the anesthesia, um, the kitchen was closed. So I think they came and brought me crackers. So again, being pregnant, not being able to eat anything, only being given water and juice, for over 24 hours, it was, it was bad. So, um, so yeah, just making sure that you advocate for yourself, advocate for your baby. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, one, uh, a few things I wanted to touch on, um, that should be spoken about more often is the fact that you had to hide your pregnancy for a job and other cultures and other countries, like babies are blessings. Like, and it's sad that you had to do that and had to experience that. And it seems like it's still impacting you now um, because it seems like you have, like, you know, some regret around that. And that is just so frustrating. Um, and I, I just don't understand why in 2022, well, back in 2017, still very recent times that we have to do this as women. Oh, let me hide this or let me not say this. Let me not drink water because I'm so afraid of what my consequences may be and that's illegal they sh- they cannot not hire you because and you know i i expressed this to you before like f them people you are qualified at the end of the day you're a qualified candidate pregnant or not pregnancy is not a disability i don't know why we have to go through disability to even get um paychecks for when we go out on leave like that is not a disability why are we doing that where like it's like where do we draw the line um but again that's just me going off on a tangent addressing you know some of the things that you experience as a first-time mom you know that is just unacceptable um so excuse my rant (laughs) girl that's not a rant yeah that's real, so, real life yeah, and it's, experiences it's, 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 for moms a, in America, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. probably the only country, it's too. It's the only country that probably have to go through this. <laughs> like, when we went to Europe, like, because I, was, um, I wasn't I was pregnant with Jay yet. I got pregnant with Jay when we went over there. But um, <laughs> I was treated like a queen because I had a stroller and a baby. Like, I got I skipped all the, I didn't, I had TSA pre-check, but we didn't have to use that. It was like a whole nother lane, a whole nother area when we got on the train, the bus, the plane, wherever. And it's just like over here, it's just like, oh, okay, you're just another person. And not that I'm saying we have to be treated like royalty all the time, but like make some exception to the rule. Even the little parking spaces, you can only park after, until your baby is one. After that, you got to park. No, we need that ish until we like, like three or four. It's always a struggle to get them in a car seat it's always a struggle to get them into the mall wherever we're trying to go why does it stop at one so it's just yeah. whatever 
Yeah, not to mention leave. A lot of moms in European countries, right? They get their full paychecks yep. and more. Just that first year, first of year having their baby. Yep, first year we we get what? Six Some people weeks? six weeks. That's it. Some we people six, six feet. Six weeks. Shout out to California. I mean, it's still not as great as European countries, but with Drew, I was off a total of twenty weeks, five months paid, yeah. paid. And people are like, how did you do that? I don't know. It was California. They have some laws. They're, you know, they're looking out for moms. And it could be better, but it's a start in the right direction. I was ready to go back to work after having five months off. I was ready. I felt ready. I missed yeah. my job. I put Drew in daycare three months. So I had two months to really focus on myself and get my mind right. Yeah. But we're not able to do that if we're popping out a baby in six weeks. You, your coot not even all the way healed. <laughs> Thankfully, I was in graduate school when I had Eli. So I had the flexibility to be pregnant and have him in the way that I did. I don't know what life would look like if I had Eli working a full time job and have the same trauma that I had with having him. Like, I don't even know what that would look like. So I am. Excuse me. I am thankful for. Um, just the way God created that space. I was able to be flexible. I didn't have to deal with all of the politics around finding or being able to take off of work and have income come in because I'm pregnant and I'm having a child and I have an experience associated with that. So it's just, it's sad that we have to think about all these avenues just to get pregnant and be pregnant and have our children and be okay with life shortly after they get here. Like we shouldn't have to think about all that. And we do. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. But um Well I, Yeah, go ahead, Talia. I was gonna add, I was gonna say, uh, I had a similar experience in the workplace where I was being groomed for leadership. Mm-hmm. And after I told them about my pregnancy, it was like hands off it was crazy to witness how that's crazy so drastically in the workplace the moment they knew i was pregnant so yeah and i too was interviewing i think it's six months i was interviewing other roles thankfully it did work out in my favor right because they wanted me to start the the, the same time ava was due and I was like, uh, maybe I should tell them I'm pregnant now, right? right. But there was still that fear of mm-hmm. I can't let you know I'm pregnant, right? Um, and thankfully I did. And then he, they were like, okay, you can choose your start date. So my last day of working with Nike was my first day working with Georgia Tech. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Yeah. So I took my leave with Nike and I was like, you know, deuces. <laughs> wow. So, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. We got to think about all this stuff. It's crazy. We yeah. just can't be pregnant and have our kids and, and have and be okay. community and <laughs> a village and work. Like your mama lived two hours or more away from you, different states. Like it's just so much to be a parent. Uh, so even like, let's talk about uh, being a, a mom in the pandemic. Yo, that was crazy. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm grateful because the real mama pod was born during the pandemic. Yeah, I feel like a lot of my side <laughs> hustles and businesses and all the things, the crazy things I have going on right now, people are like, how are you doing all this stuff? It's because of the pandemic. So I am grateful for that. And I was able to spend a year and some change home with both of my kids because of the pandemic. Uh, but 
other than that, that shit was for the birds. Uh, so it's <laughs> still because we are still in a pandemic. But I, since we have caught COVID, I'm gonna be honest. We like loosened our rules a lot because I was very like, nope. We can only if we do go somewhere, we only go on first thing in the morning. We have to wipe down everything. We're wearing our masks. Drew and Jay were wearing their masks faithfully. Faithfully, like it was like I was really strict. But once we caught COVID, and I lost uh, five family members to COVID, so my senses were very heightened. Um, but once we caught it, it was the later COVID, like the one that was really like a flu almost yeah omicron i think so it wasn't that bad i felt more comfortable doing things because i was also going stir crazy and feeling bad and having mom guilt choosing what activities to go to or what should i allow them to do no they can't be kids you know if kids go out they're going to lick the floor they're going to touch they everything they're going to <laughs> not do the licking most- the floor <laughs> i'm just being over dramatic <laughs> at this point my kids don't lick the floor but they're just going to do some gross gross things right and before a pandemic you freak out but in a pandemic you're like no and I remember I even told Drew, like, you're going to go out and catch COVID. Like, it was just, like, a lot going on. So how was your experiences? How are y'all navigating through that? Like, I think all of us had, like, yeah. Tal, you had Ava September of 19, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I had and Eli then- October of 19. So we were right before COVID started. So we had infants during the the start of the pandemic. And then Jay and Deuce were born during the pandemic. Yep. So this is, a, this is going to be a rich conversation. How, what, how, how was parenting going <laughs> um, in the pandemic for y'all? Well, you know, for me, it was really rough because, well, first of all, you know, I had the birth trauma. Mm-hmm. And so, it took me a couple months to even work up the level of comfort to even just like get out and start letting Ava around people. And so I think it was at her four month mark when everything kind of shut down, you know, it was like, what is this thing? And for me, you're living in Atlanta, all my family is in South Florida. Um, And so that was really hard for me because I had to become a parent, deal with my, and, and maybe I didn't deal with my postpartum trauma. Now that I think of it, because something else major happened, <laughs> right? So it was kind of like having to, to switch gears and um, the isolation. And y'all know me, I'm a very, like, I love to, we love to host. We like to, you know, get, you know, I like to throw events and things like that. So I, we weren't able to do any of that or really share our, you know, um, experiences with, with others. So I think the things that took the, the, the most hit during the pandemic was relationships, mm-hmm. um, my mental health, um, and it changed me, right? So it was like, um, you know, friendships, well, a lot of people, we all were like coping, right? So in some instances, I kind of pulled back a lot because really I was trying to survive mentally because mm-hmm. I was still, you know, battling my trauma. We were felt alone, isolated because my family and everybody is back in South Florida. Um, I also, you know, uh, switched jobs. <laughs> so I'm, le- I'm doing that. It was just like so many life changes and not to mention the death and the sicknesses because mm-hmm. uh, my mom caught COVID. And then it was just, you know, it, it was a lot of like ripple effect after ripple effect. 
and it's almost like you didn't really get a chance to breathe, right? Um, I was grateful because uh, because of COVID, I could nurse my daughter all the way up to two years, mm-hmm. um, which that also was a sacrifice in and of itself because <laughs> mm-hmm. I was a zombie mm-hmm. most days. But I think that was the hardest piece for me is uh, trying to find a balance between um, my mental health and uh, keeping my relationships and navigating uh, this new corporate world. And so I didn't even recognize who I was. Um, even now, like I think I was talking to one of my other friends and I was like, I don't think I can ever get back to that person that I was. I just have to embrace who I am today mm. because that the last two years completely tra- changed me. Mm. So much happened. Um, and I think I had to get comfortable with that. With that. Like it's okay for me to have um, for those experiences to have shaped who I am today, because for the longest, it's like I was sitting here waiting for this old person to to come back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do feel different. I feel different from when I became a mom. I feel different from, you know, COVID happening and um, life has just really happened <laughs> yeah. the last two years. And so um, I think now it's just a matter of moving forward and creating awareness around um, like what I'm feeling, I think I'm more intentional about my mental health mm. because for the longest while I felt like I had to be strong through all of it. And I think a part of that is culture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm also Jamaican. And so it's like, you know, I didn't, I never wanted to come up with feeling weak or couldn't cope or so it's kind of like, you got to get your shit together. That was like always right. in my head. Every time something had girls, get your shit together. <laughs> like you, know, you got a baby, you got a job, you got, you know, um, but then I, I would have friends who check me and say, Hey, it's okay for you to fall apart. Like that's right. okay, but why happening? Um, and as a black, as black women, I think sometimes that's a struggle with like knowing it's okay to feel like you're falling apart, you know? So I think that was like the whole transformation for me during the COVID period. That's real. Yeah, you said a whole, you said a whole lot, a lot of good loaded stuff, mm-hmm. a lot yes. of loaded stuff with just relationships um with your mental health and not feeling like you always have to have it together that is a cultural thing in the black community our mamas and grandmamas and aunties we've said this before and we'll continue to say it we're not them nope nope i will fall apart <laughs> on the drop of a dime <laughs> so i can't handle it i can't take <laughs> like this these and kids i'm not be having tantrums i'm falling apart right we all falling. Uh, we've all tantruping together. Not yeah. doing it. Not doing it. Not doing it. It's not worth it. It's not worth my mental capacity. Like I don't have time for it. Can't do it. Right. I'm not strong today. So <laughs> I do have another question for the group. Um, what does self care look like for everyone? Um, because I'm really interested to know. I think it looks like looks different for everyone. Mm-hmm. Because for me personally, like I hate going to get my nails done. I hate going to go get my hair. Like people see that as self care, and I just find that taxing. Like I gotta sit there for a whole hour and a half just to get a manicure and a pedicure. Like no, two hours. Sometimes almost three. And then you have to make an appointment. If you're five minutes away from your appointment, they canceling you. You can't get your deposit back. Like things have changed so much with like you that speak stuff. Your mind. It 
it just short. It just stresses me out to get my nails done. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna rock the clear and keep it moving. I'll get my toes done, but I'll get gel on there so that way it lasts me for a while. And then my hair, like, I cut it all off because I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of it. I wish I could see my nails. For me, <laughs> for self care, it's more like <laughs> a facial or a massage or actually going to sleep. You know, um, yeah, Kendra, I, that happened to Kendra, everything I just said about the nails and she has like a month old nail thing going on right now. Um, so she, sorry, I didn't even call Missed you my out. my appointment because my baby got sick. Right. See, and she can't even go get her nails done. Got to wait a whole month. That is not self-care to me. And I'm not shaming anybody <laughs> who likes to get their nails done for self-care. It's just not for me. I would like to go get a facial I fall asleep doing my facials. I be snoring. I apologize to the girl all the time. I'll go get a massage. I will, me just having some alone, quiet time to do whatever the hell I want to do. If that's scrolling on social media and catching up on people's stories and connecting with people that way, or just sitting in quietness. Like I really enjoy a quiet space. That is self-care for me. So what does it look like for you all? Tay, what what it Taylor? Because both of y'all, y'all know I know Tay. both of y'all. Tay, we got Tay, Tay, and Tay, Tay and <laughs> Taylor. Let, yeah, let's do a round robin. Okay. Devin has shared that she likes facials. That's you know that's her her way of sleep. Of sleep. That's what self care looks like to her. So Taylor, what does self care look like to you? Um, I would agree with Devin. Um, getting my nails done has become an Olympic sport now <laughs> in Atlanta because you know they these cosmet and this can be another episode for y'all but these you know cosmetologists they release their schedules one month at a time and so it's mm-hmm. like trying to get Beyonce tickets yeah to get an appointment um so um self-care for me is being left alone mm. um sitting in my car when I pull in the garage and just sitting there yeah mm. and scrolling on or checking catching up on text messages yes. that you know I made throughout the day um, and maybe taking a long walk um, just around my neighborhood and just listening to, I really love smooth jazz radio because it's calming. Um, drinking my coffee in the morning. I'm a huge coffee person. So I love drinking a nice hot um, cup of coffee in peace. Um, I love Target. I love to just walk around Target and walk down every aisle if I want to undisrupted. Mm-hmm. Like, that's self-care to me. Um, and so, you know, the um, getting your nails done, getting your hair done has become more maintenance. Yes. But it is as relaxing as it used to be because of just, y'all, we have 24 hours in a day. My kids take up majority of that time and right. work. So I'm very limited on, you know, the time that I can have for myself. And, and my husband, too. He takes up some time, too. So I'm limited on the the number of hours I have for myself throughout the week. I don't want to sit in a hair salon or a nail salon for hours. That that takes up my time. So, you know, just finding time um, to really process my thoughts, just to have a moment to myself, not to have to have a conversation, not to have to answer any questions, not to have to fix anything. You know, that's self-care to me. Um, and also just good girl conversations um, about some of the challenges that we may experience, uh, I may be experiencing um, in knowing that I'm not alone in those challenges. That's self-care to me because it's like, okay, I'm not crazy. My, like, my kids aren't the only ones who are, you know, 
um, experiencing these uh, or, or going through these leaps um, or having these challenges. So mm-hmm. I think self-care has, and COVID probably has played a huge part in it, but just how we identify or how I identify self-care and what relaxes me has uh, shifted over the last few years. Right. Yeah. Okay. All of those. Yeah, no, I was. Go I, ahead, Talia. I agree with all of you guys with what you're, you're saying, um, with, especially with the nails. Nails have always been stressful for, for me. Um, you know, if I can get someone to come to a house, now that will be a move. Like, if Ooh. someone to come to me, <laughs> yes, you know, um, that's self-care, right? Um, and definitely, so I love to be able to binge watch, like, a good show okay. uninterrupted. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. So, like, you know, sometimes Parker, he'll come and he'll take Ava and they'll go upstairs and I'll just lay out on the couch, grab my blanket, you know, whatever it is, whatever beverage that I need. And I just get lost in the show because it's the only time I'm not thinking about anything. Right. You know, I'm locked in and my brain is constantly going. It's like so hard to shut it off. Um, I've tried the whole meditation thing. I'm still working on that. But <laughs> Me too, girl. You know, it's just hard, it's hard. Just to shut my brain mm-hmm. off because I do so much. Um, and then also self-care to me is, uh, I was listening to this thing um, from Lauren London and she was saying how to just kind of go with the flow of things, right? Not really like fighting against it. And I'm like one of those people who have to have control of everything. Mm. And lately I've been so intentional about just going with the flow so the other day i had a board meeting um parker ended up having to work late it's been such an investment with his work schedule now um and ava i cannot do anything with ava meetings you can forget about it it's just not happening and she comes home from school and she's having a tantrum and I started having the tantrum mm-hmm. right along with her so much to the point where she stopped her tantrum. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's wrong with you, mama? <laughs> it was just one of those days. Like, girl, I'm so tired. And I was, I just text, you know, my board members and I said, hey, can someone else leave this meeting? You know, here are the key things or whatever. I'm just not going to be able to make it today. And I had to just give in to the fact, like, it just wasn't happening today. Mm-hmm. And so that to me is self-care is just being okay when I can't make something, you know, like it's just not happening and just kind of accepting that. Mm-hmm. That's been like another method of self-care for me and my mental health instead of feeling like I have to make this thing happen. So yeah. that's been so, yeah. a new acquired self-care skill for me is saying no. Um it's hard when you, you know, not to be call myself a people pleaser, but I like to see people happy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And sometimes seeing people happy means that I'm saying yes to something that I really don't feel like doing, right? right. Um, so that has been a new, newly acquired skill. And I label as self-care for myself as saying no. Um so let me touch on these nails right quick. So <laughs> I I don't like sitting in a nail salon to physically get my nails done uh, because it does take a couple of hours. However, where the self-care comes in for me is how I feel after I get my nails done. Like, I love the way my nails look when they're done. 
I told y'all they look a mess right now because I had to cancel my appointment and lose my deposit because my baby got sick, right? Although you're a loyal customer. Like, yeah. come on. Where's the loyalty <laughs> to me when I need a break? Like, yeah. why are you going to take my whole deposit? I can see if you're a new person, right? Yeah. And they take your deposit. But you've been going to your girl for a minute. Like, she could roll you over. Like, whatever. You know, I so I fuss about that. And I understand some of the reason why they have this policy in place because people are raggedy and they, the folks do miss out on their money if folks don't show up. But I, I was fussing that same. Mm-hmm. Are you a loyal customer though? <laughs> I'm not talking about the raggedy. I'm talking about the loyal people. Where's the loyalty to us when we need it? But that's a whole nother uh, episode. What okay. else is self-care for you, friend? So I love a good massage. Mm-hmm. Like if you ever ask me like what type of, spa like experience would you would you you gear yourself toward a massage is number one facials number two right um and another I guess look of self-care for me is I love good food and I love good drinks mm-hmm. so me going to a restaurant that I've never been to uh, or even one that I've been to and I just love their food having a good meal and a good beverage is self-care to me because I love good food and I, I like love that. good drinks um, so yeah, those are some examples of self-care for me and binge watching. I love binge watching yeah, that TV was a good shows. One. That was a yeah, good I tell one. you, that was a good one. I love finding me a good show that I've never seen. And I'm just like, oh, I can't wait to get to the next episode or I can't go to sleep because I, I just got to stay up and watch it. Um, so yes, those are some examples of self-care for me. Um, so man, we have talked about a lot of good we stuff. Have. We and the have. thing is we had a whole list of topics to talk about and we still have a bunch more, but we might have to have like a girl talk part, two. part two because yeah. this is this is rich conversation. Okay, but I have like two more questions I want to ask. Because you know me and my questions. Of I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead with your Y'all know me. This is just <laughs> gonna be a little longer episode. That's all. That is That's, all. Okay, this is good conversation. Because it's we normally it's usually like a topic that we're geared to and it's not like a broad topic when we have our episode. So I feel like this is helpful for the moments out there, uh, making us feel sane. Um, so as you all know, uh we had the dads on uh a few, what, two few months episodes ago? back and they showed they high knees okay and <laughs> no they but, showed they asked they asked both but um people loved it right because it was real it was raw it was relatable and it's things that's happening in most of our households that are and you know these type of marriages so I want to know about this for you guys um and your perspective right and let me know what this means to you okay Okay. Ready? Yeah. He's a great dad, but I am still mama. What does that mean to y'all? Because my husband is phenomenal when it comes to parenting. Like, he is a great father. I would not take that from him. But there's a lot of things he can improve on to help me out. You know what I mean? So, what's y'all take on that? Mm. Me and my therapist. We had to have a lot of sit downs on this one. Um, <laughs> it's like, I, as a matter of fact, the most recent uh, event, I actually had to create some boundaries with him mm. because so he started working these two jobs, mm-hmm. right? He's getting up every early in the morning. It's adjustment for him because he just graduated, um, you know, with his chiropractic degree. So he is tra- he transitioned from 
school to like this full-blown working. And so the routine for us is we do laundry um, on the weekend. So we wash all the clothes, fold all the clothes. And I literally lay out all the days of clothes for every day of the week. Mm -hmm. We have like this little wooden thing in her room. And I just hang on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, right? And so we would wake up in the morning. Um, mind you, I still got a job, right? <laughs> I still got to go to work too. Right. Um, sometimes we morning meetings and things like that. But he would, you know, wake up and then wake me up and say, babe, can you get Ava dressed so that I'm not late for work? And I used to do it. I would get up. I would get Ava dressed even after laying out all of her clothes for the week, like right. from the, the, you know, the for, from the weekend, and I would be so tired. And so he's able to have a peaceful morning, getting dressed. Then I and and I get Ava dressed, and then he'll drop her some some morning, and then I gotta hustle and throw myself together to look some halfway decent, and go hop on to video meetings. Or sometimes I'm going into the office, and then my day already starts off high anxiety stress. Right. And so I said to him, I said, babe, you're going to have to start getting Ava dressed in the morning. Like I need a couple hours to get myself together in the morning. I literally lay everything out. So now he doesn't wake me up anymore in the morning. <laughs> he thinks twice. He just has to get up an extra hour early so that he has time to get himself dressed and then get Ava dressed and then, you know, go about our day. Um, but, you know, so these are like, some of the things that I had to create so that Ava wasn't always depending on me right. because I was enabling him in that way, right? Mm -hmm. Because if Ava's hungry or if Ava needs to use the potty or anything Ava needs, she's going to come to me first because by default, I'm always so hands-on. Yeah. And I really had to take a beat and be like, look, you don't have to do this so that she knows that she can come to you first too, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of um, some of the challenges that we face most recently Earlier on, because I was nursing, he was, you know, very hands-off. He was like, well, there's nothing I can do. Like, she wants you. She wants the breath. And it's like, you know, dude, like, get a bottle, you know? Like, help me out here so I can rest. And um, those are some of the things that we struggle with. Like, you know, we always have the conversation now, and he gets it. Because whenever I – I remember I went out of town one time. Because Parker's a wonderful dad. He, I cannot knock him for not being a great dad. But it ain't until I go out of town and he's stuck with Ava by himself. And then he's like, okay, yeah, I get it. <laughs> you know, it's like sometimes it's all you need to do. Get missing for a little bit so that they can see all the little things that you do. Like all the emotional attention that they demand and you have to cater to like constantly. Mm -hmm. They finally get it where we fill in the gap. So he's a wonderful dad, but he get it and I'm still mom. You know, it's just how it is. <laughs> I guess that's like that in every household. Every thing, single you one said of exactly. Us. You said it nicely. You said it nicely. <laughs> hey, did you have anything to add to that? <laughs> or she kind of summed it up for you? She pretty much summed it up, but I will say to add on appointments. Woo. I'm always responsible for managing appointments. If the kids get sick, I got to call. And get them in. And that's been a battle in our household where my husband's like, oh, they're fine. You don't got to rush in. Take them to the doctor. No, no, no. Anytime my child has a fever, has anything where they're just off, I'm quick to take them to the doctor because yeah, I want to make sure okay. And so that has been a battle in our household since Reese was a baby. 
I remember she just looked off to me one day. She was a baby and I felt like she was breathing funny. Um, and I'm like, oh, we need to take her to the emergency room. It was the middle of the night. And he's like, no, we don't. She's fine. And I'm like, Eric, either um, you can join us to the emergency room or you can stay here. But Reese and I are going to the emergency room. Right. And so that's probably one of the things where I think I'm more, my senses are more heightened to um, when the kids seem off and he may not pay as much attention mm-hmm. to things like that. Yeah. So, and I think that it's probably just a mother's instinct where you, I, we carried our children. So we know when something is not right. And again, we have to be advocates for them because, you know, they can't always verbalize or vocalize if something is off. And so we're always just super sensitive and our senses are always heightened when things just seem a little off. Absolutely. That was really good. That was a good one. Yes, because I can, I know for sure, 98, 99% of the time I'm handling Eli's appointments. Yeah. And it's, I'm like, bruh, you know, he, you know, he got to go to the doctor. You know, we have these milestone appointments. Now, granted, they typically schedule the appointments with you before you leave. And there are times where something comes up and he needs an appointment. Who's scheduling that? Yep. Who's organizing everything? Who's looking online for the urgent care right. appointments? Right. Everything. And it's like, we've talked about the mental load, y'all. Yeah. And we're going to keep talking about it until something changes. Because it's heavy. Right. <laughs> it is heavy. And I'm sitting it carrying is. it. It is. It's 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 taxing. Um, and like y'all, we all four of us have amazing husbands. Absolutely, I'm not taking that amazing for amazing husbands, amazing dads, amazing dads. Just look around a little bit that, more. That's the part right there. I don't want to have to tell you how, how to do something. Just do it. Just see it. The, the stairwell is our done. perfect Ooh, example. Girl, so when something has to go upstairs, we usually put it on a landing. And my expectation, and I, I just assume my husband's expectation, would be if you walk past the thing that's on the landing, you pick it up and you take it upstairs and put it where it's supposed to go. Okay? <laughs> no. It has to be asked for you to pick up that particular thing and put it where it needs to go. Because if not, it will sit there for days. I let something sit on my landing, y'all, for a whole month. And it was something that he put on the landing, not me. He did. And do you know it just got removed because I put it up? And it's just now, I'm just, every time he goes, hey, babe, do you see that? Can you grab that? Oh, yeah, sure, no problem. Like, he doesn't have a problem with doing anything I ask him to do. My problem is I don't want to ask you to do it. No yeah. one asked me to cook dinner. No one asked me to clean a kitchen. Nobody asked me to clean a bathroom, make an appointment, nothing. So why do I have to ask you? And then on top of that, what frustrates me the most when you go to work to your nine to five nobody is telling you what to do nobody's asking you what to do and according to all your superiors you're a great leader you're this and that and the third so where is that same energy in the same household Same energy i i don't understand the connect because i'm devin at work and at home yep i'm taking care of things at work and at home so you can't just drop the ball home when you get at home and he doesn't understand that concept just ask me babe i don't know you don't know it's the same thing every day when you have kids at this age the schedule is the same drew can tell you the schedule jay can tell you the schedule i'm sure y'all kids can tell y'all the schedule so it's just like 
What don't you know, bro? What don't you know? Yeah. Let me these there are two things for me. Okay. The first thing is I've shared with you all that we cook meals at the start of the week to last us for the whole week. So my husband loves to say, What are we eating this week? You tell me. Yeah. You tell me what we eat this week. What's on I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Yeah. I'm waiting. You're gonna be waiting. I'm waiting. So yes, that's not, that's one thing. And the second thing is, my husband has a demanding job. We all do, right? However, sometimes it's hard for him to disconnect, right? So last week, I had a presentation that I had to get done, right? I didn't neglect my household responsibilities to get it done, though. I did whatever I needed to get done in my house. And after my baby went to bed, I picked back up to do work. Sometimes I feel like the expectation for our husbands is that they're going to do their work first. Mm-hmm. And everything else will pick up when pick I finish. Up the pieces, exactly. Whatever and that's they that thing. drop. Remember mm-hmm. I told you earlier today, we make it too comfortable for them. Yeah. <laughs> we make it they too comfortable. They ain't about to start getting real uncomfortable. <laughs> now, again, we love I our love husbands. My husband. And we will have this conversation with them in to front their of their face. We and did. they listen to the podcast. Yeah, they we listen have. to it before we release it and when it's released. Yeah, so, so they, they know. They know. They know. This ain't no, they know. This ain't no talking behind the back. This is, they know. They, it's we've in had your these face. conversations. <laughs> it's in your face. But I'm sure this is something that a lot of moms who have partners, period. That they experience this. Yes. Like, when you have kids, everybody got to work together to make sure the needs of the house are met. Especially Whether when you, you don't have, have that village, that mama living with you or auntie or whatever. It's just yeah. y'all two. Like, come on, bro. Pick up the things. Pick. Do, it. <laughs> Do it. Pick up the piece. I remember Parker told me, he was like, but you're so much better with the planning and the organizing. So and much I better. remember he was doing like this football team thing for like you know how they do their their football thing for for, for fun mm-hmm. and this dude he found all the players he ordered them. <laughs> wow he created a practice schedule i looked at him and i was like you've got to be kidding me right. you just planned a whole like season football league football. but wow. i plan better <laughs> like are you kidding me? right Ooh, honey. that's a good one i'm glad honey. you shared that that, girl, is a good that, one. that <laughs> That hit home. That Ooh, hit home. We will be on this topic all day. This- I'm glad y'all answered that. Okay. <laughs> Let me go to my last question because we're already at an hour Ooh. 15. So my last question, statement, whatever, is old me versus new me. What mm. does that mean to y'all? Yeah, Tal, you kind of touched on that a little bit too. Yeah. So Tal, you want to pick back When up? it comes to like friendships or whatever, like. Old me versus new me. Yeah. Yeah. No. So. And new so me husband, meaning you as a mom. Yeah. Well, you know, my husband always said he's so glad Ava came because, you know, I finally got like tougher. She didn't make me tougher. Yes. Because mm-hmm. now every decision that I make, it got to work for her. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Like my home, if it takes my home out of order. Mm-hmm. It just can't happen. Home Ooh. is gonna always come first, and so the old me, kind of like Kendra was saying, a people pleaser, uh, a yes man, the person who try to save the world, that mm. family and friends. Mm. I am a I'm a huge giver, and so people get upset now with the new me, right? When I have to tell you no, right. because if it, if it affects my daughter, 
it affects my, you know, and then sometimes finances, if I can't financially commit to something because it's going to cut into something that's going to affect my household, yep. that's going to affect my daughter, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. If it's going to cut into my time, time that my daughter needs, I, if, it, if it's going to rock her world, I can't do it. Yeah. And so I think I had my, my nose have just gotten a little bit more stronger, a little bit more quicker mm-hmm. with less explanation. Mm-hmm. And for some people that can come off as me being rude now or I don't care anymore and, and that's not it. It's just that I have somebody else I gotta care for more. Right. So, you know, it's it's definitely changed. In the workplace <laughs> man, the me now in the workplace, mm. oh my God, as a mom, I bought my calendar. Do not schedule any meetings with me before ten AM and at four thirty I gotta shut down my laptop because I gotta go get my daughter. Right. I am not working late. My weekends are for my family. Mm-hmm. Like I got some real like <laughs> balls but like I just move differently and I have to use my time very wisely do not put all these meetings on my calendar because the work that I need to get done I got to create this block time for me to actually get my work done I can't get my work done if I'm in meetings all day right so I've managed my work calendar better I'm more direct with my managers and my leadership and funny enough they respect me more for it right Mm -hmm. because I'm gonna do my work I'm gonna get my stuff done but I'm not going to do it on your timing. Like within this block of time, here's how I work, here's how I'm most effective. And that's just how I move in the workplace as well. Mm-hmm. Because that allows me to be more successful on the job and at home. Absolutely. When Ava comes home, I promise y'all, I have tried. I have tried to multitask. And she just don't let me. Yeah. She just don't. Same. And I don't fight it anymore. I just know that when Ava's home, it's Ava's time. Right? I just got to make myself it's a wrap. available to her. Um, but yeah, you know, friends, I, I love to be invited, but sometimes I just can't make it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't have like these huge expectations from friendships. I do believe you need to be intentional in your friendship, but that doesn't mean there needs to be, it needs to be quantified, right? right. Like how many times are you intentional? It's, it's just your heart. You, you have an intentional heart, intentional energy towards me. You're thoughtful, but you have strong boundaries now because you have this little person who is demanding this different version of you and so you no longer have the capacity or availability to overextend yourself in areas where you used to mm-hmm. so that that's the old me all gems <laughs> all yeah, gems yeah, you dropping them you pretty much summed it up at least for me for me too <laughs> like what you shared is how i feel it's hard to make me speechless but you did it <laughs> Absolutely. What about you, Tay Tay? I mean, I think Talia summed it up uh, pretty well. Um, yeah, I would say, yeah, everything she said, I can agree on. And I don't, I think that, you know, our our kids, um, and I think, Talia, you spoke on this too, how Ava is so fearless um, and just kind of dances to the beat of her own drum. My child is like that too. And that's one thing that I do admire about her. And one of the things that I always, um, I, I tell Reese because right now she's in a phase, like I said, she's entering kindergarten this year. And there's, we're doing homework and things like that at night. And sometimes she gets frustrated because she may not understand um, one of her assignments or she may not, um, she's struggling on one of her sight words. And 
have to remind her, you know, you're smart, you're strong, and you can do hard things. But telling her that, I can, I'm telling myself that too, because at times, the old me, I felt like I would give up easily. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, just some of the experiences that I've had in motherhood, like I said, going through um, like postpartum um, issues, going through labor pretty much without an epidural when I felt like I could never do that. Like you could never have a natural birth, you know, because you have a low tolerance pain. But I was able to do it and I was proud of myself. So just changing my mindset um, outside of, you know, you can do hard things. You know, it may not be down the same beaten path as, as others, but you can do it. And just finding ways to um, conquer those goals. Um, but like I said, everything else, how you pretty much covered, you know, just um, changing your mindset around being okay with saying no to things that um, you don't want to do or no longer just fit within your lifestyle um, and and being okay with that. I think that that's important as well. Um, and just having a peace of mind, you know, not, um, not le- letting a lot of things, you know, get to you, you know, being able to be there and be present for your kids. And it's so important, especially in this young, vulnerable stage. Um, like you said, you can't work from home with Ava there or you can't multitask. I can't multitask with my kids, clearly. Y'all see, my son tried to take over the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but you multitask. You did it. You did do it. Mm-hmm. You did do it. <laughs> yes. Uh, but so, yeah, it's, it's being okay with that and not being embarrassed when things don't necessarily go my way. Um, so I think that in accepting me for me, um, that's another thing um, that I've learned to grow. Like, I am me. This is who God created on August 16th, you know, 19-something-something. <laughs> and this is me and accepting that and being okay with, you know, my flaws. You know, I'm, I I don't have it all together, but every day I'm trying to get better. Right. Um, every day I offer something new. So, and I will fall, I will make mistakes, but not sitting in that. So I think that that's important as well. That's really good, Tay. Good job. That was a really good answer. Uh, so we're actually going to actually have y'all hang on. Um, Cause usually we let our guests go, but we're going to have y'all hang out with us <laughs> yes, for our next two segments talk. since it's girl Mama talk. talk. Uh, so for those who are not familiar with the podcast, uh, we have two segments. The first one is mama juice and, uh, that's where we kind (laughs) of get creative with our mama cocktails or mocktails. And so Kenny Boo, what are we drinking (laughs) tonight? (laughs) So I feel like, like we started this conversation off. This is a girl. This is girl talk. This is mama talk. It's like the group text. But now we're we're shifting it to brunch. We've all decided we're gonna go to brunch, brunch. on Saturday. This combo so good. Right? We're going to brunch. <laughs> we're gonna go to brunch on Saturday and continue the conversation. So I know when I think about brunch, what comes to mind? Drink wise, mimosas, right? Yes. But bottomless. this is a different. Of course, gotta be bottomless. <laughs> So today's Mama Juice is champagne with elderflower liqueur. That's mm, it. Fancy. No orange juice. No pie. I mean, you can add juice if you want to, but my cocktail is champagne 
<laughs> with elderflower liqueur. And I just, it's refreshing. It gives me those brunch vibes that I love. And I even pour a glass of it at night sometimes. I'll just get me a, a glass of champagne and put some elderflower liqueur in it. And it's I so good. That. And what's the name of our drink? Did you? <laughs> did you tell me? It's called name? Mama Talk. Oh, I thought we said where my girls at. Oh, yeah, we did say that. <laughs> where are my girls at? Where my girls we at? We got all the front, <laughs> front to back. Doing that. Yeah, that's if you are um, a mother of our generation, you right. know that song. But no, the kids be remixing all kind of songs now, so they oh, may the know TikToks it. And yeah, such. the TikToks and the reels and stuff. They be mixing, remixing, and yes. mixing and. All kind of stuff. So that that's might be. Song. I mean, that's the name. That's yeah. our song. That's the if, name of our. If you don't know it, Google it. It's a, it's a, it's a relevant <laughs> Ooh, song. That, was that seven oh two? Seven oh two. Yeah. Yep. Where my girls at? From the front to back. So yes, that's our mama juice. Where my girls at is the name of the cocktail, and it's just simple champagne and elderflower liqueur. I like that. I like that. Okay, so the next segment is my favorite segment, and that is called Mama's Corner. Uh, so if you have any new listeners, this is our opportunity to kind of get uh, listener letters. So you can email us, um, you can DM us, uh, however you want to get us uh, mm-hmm. your advice questions, your, your, your rant, Venting. your vent. If you have a mama hack for us to share, or if you have any advice for us for anything we talked about on previous shows we're open to all of it any feedback all of that uh so for our mama's corner today i am actually going to pose a question to our guests actually two questions no maybe one question because we at 126 um so i'm gonna um pose one question and my question to everyone today is let's see what are some of your what the F moments that you can share about mamahood? Oh. I I can tell you. I can start. Okay. And Eli just did this last, okay. this just a couple days All ago. All right. What is it? My son is very active. Mm-hmm. He is. So let me just tell y'all what happened. So we have a dog. Y'all know Kobe. Y'all have heard him actually in the podcast. Heard him barking. <laughs> Kobe was laying on the floor minding his business. And I don't know if my son has been exposed to WWE Raw or what, but he jumped on the couch and in full throttle mode just jumped on Kobe. Like, y'all remember back in the day, like, they had The Rock and all them people, and they would stand on the fence and the edge and just jump. (laughs) You jumping. (laughs) Just jump and just smash whoever is like he did that to kobe and i was like what the fuck eli like why would you do that to him like that's not okay like he's minding his business kobe could have snapped at him which he would never do but you can't do that right so that was that just happened a couple days ago that's hilarious that is hilarious that was my what the fuck moment y'all have anything to share oh my god (laughs) so i have had <clears throat> quite a few I think well so I think the biggest one for me was more of like a shock to like this happened like in, in like the whole motherhood thing and mm-hmm. that was when Ava was going through like a toddler sleep regression situation mm, or, or what is it called they call it night terror oh, okay night terror yeah Drew experiences those where she'll go to sleep in like about 2 a.m. She just wakes up screaming. Mm-hmm. 
and we went through that for a couple months and I think for me it was like a lot of what the fuck like what is happening right? like, <laughs> nobody told me about this like you know when they're like newborns and yeah. you know you go through the whole different sleep patterns but you know we going through this at what one and a half two mm-hmm. you know like nobody told me about this um and then I would worry because I was like did something happen at daycare did somebody hit her did you know I'm like going through you know like these worry mama moments Right. To figure out what's triggering this. Um, thankfully, she sleeps through the night now. But I think that was like a big, like, you know, scary one for me. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, Ava is just a daredevil. She is so daring. Like, she stayed, like, the other, just last night, she put the laundry basket, which basically covers her entire head, <laughs> um, right on the bed, on her bed, started jumping, fell off, and hit her head. Oh. And I was thinking, why would you put the laundry over her head and Exploring. jump on the bed? Like, you cannot see. And I'm telling her, no, Ava, don't do that. And, yeah. So she does a lot of that stuff. She lives life on the edge, truly. I love it. I love it. <laughs> These kids do what they want to do. They just do. Yeah, they do. Taylor, they really what you do. got? Um, I have plenty, but I'll stick to one per child. Um <laughs> I know about Reese, boys. Ooh, Reese be putting you through the ringer. <laughs> oh, I'm curious to hear which, which Reese, one are you sharing for her. Reese, Reese has a lot. I'll start with Deuce, though. Um, so, like I said, Deuce just turned 14 months a couple weeks ago. Um, but Deuce, he, um, if anyone has seen him, you know, he's a thickum. He likes to eat now. But um, during the earlier, you know, stages of his life, all he wanted to do was nurse and he wouldn't take a bottle. So when he first started daycare, he refused the bottle the entire day. And everyone was like, Oh no, it'll be okay. After the first couple of days, eventually he's going to get hungry and um, you won't have to worry about it. He'll take the bottle. When I tell y'all, my son went like a month without taking a bottle and at school. So he would nurse with me in the morning. And then when I picked him up, he's like super, super hungry. But he would not, he would refuse a bottle at school. And I'm concerned, like, oh, my gosh, my child is going, like, eight hours without eating anything. And um, I'm like, you know, WTF, what the fuck? Like, (laughs) in my stuff, you know, what's going on? And talking to his pediatrician, talking to everybody. And they're like, Taylor, that boy is not missing no meal. Like, because you see when he is at home and all throughout the night, he is good. But he wasn't disruptive at school. They said he would just chill. So he wasn't crying. He wasn't whining. He would sit and chill. And that's why I tell y'all, he is a chill baby, but he does whatever he wants to do. Like he would not let anyone force him to do anything that he does not want to do. He didn't want the bottle. He only wanted to nurse from the tap. So that is what he chose to do. And um, so that was kind of my uh, what the fuck kind of moment because experiencing, again, two, your, my two children, completely different. Reese loved the bottle. And she would nurse. So I never experienced that. And I didn't know that that was a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's Deuce. Lord, Reese. Oh, my gosh. So everyone knows Reese is a complete daddy girl. Like, mm-hmm. she thinks her dad is her husband, probably. Um, I don't know what. Yeah. So she is a complete daddy girl. Uh, she He went on deployment a couple of, uh, or last year, for um, about a year. 
And so just having to navigate through that where she's having issues at school, acting out, um, just, just having many, many issues and even at home. So I'm trying to do everything. We're trying, you know, we're trying to do a chart method. We're doing treats at the end of the day. And I'm like, my daughter is literally spazzing out every single day. What is going on? And so um, really having conversations with her, like sitting her down, girl, what is going on? Why are you acting like this? You know, tell me what's going on. And it got to the point where she's just like, I just miss my dad. I want my dad. I don't understand why his job took him away. Mm. This is a four-year-old, a three and four-year-old, you know? And so me having to um, figure out the words, and I know we're trying to wrap up, but. um, Take your time. This could help somebody. me, Me trying to figure out how to help her. Because she doesn't know how to process and express her feelings. So she's acting out at school and she's acting out at home because she doesn't know. Um, And I'm dealing with my own, you know, issues, you know, as far as like postpartum. And heck, I miss my husband. I miss having my partner here to help me manage my household, manage my kids. So having to really just take a step back and help her work through that helping her with breathing techniques, helping her and praise, over-praising her when she's having good moments, um, implementing those and um, providing those uh, recommendations um, to her teachers at school. Like, hey, um, when she's having great moments, I need you all to overpraise her. I know that that's not, you know, what you normally do or you typically do for all your students. But right now, we have to work together to get her through this until her dad returns. And so um, that was a long, you know, WTF moment for us, but we were able to kind of navigate through that. And it, it just goes to show, you know, kids, they're so young and they don't know how to manage and cope with their emotions. And so sometimes they do it by acting out. And um, we as parents have to help guide them. Like it's not always like whooping them or beating their ass, you know? It's really challenging or or channeling what they're going through, sitting down with them and trying to figure out what is the root cause and how can we fix that? No, I could not bring her daddy back at that moment, but finding ways to help her navigate through it until he returned, keeping her involved in things, um, making sure, like I said, we were overpraising her when she had great days. We um, instituted... Um, a light system where a green day was a great day, a yellow day was an okay day, and red day was a bad day. Um, I remember we had a few yellow days, and I would ask the teacher, well, what qualified this yellow day? They said, oh, she was talking during nap time. I said, oh, but she didn't yell at anybody today? Oh, that was a green day for me. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, those are just some of the things that we had. But, um, but yeah, these kids, Love them to death, but they throw wrenches in a, a lot of things, but they keep us on our toes. Absolutely. Yeah. That was good. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I'll go quickly yeah. um, with my WTF moment. <laughs> uh, so this is recent. Jared couldn't take the boys to get their haircut. He had to work late. So I <laughs> took them. And usually I take them. It's not like unheard of for me not to take them because of Jared's work schedule. But this particular time, like I just felt in my spirit they was going to show out that day. And they did. So because everything in the 
day was just, I was late getting there. It poured down raining. I forgot their cups in the car. It was just like all kind of stuff. No, Jay's cup fell in a puddle of water. So I had to put it in the car. So I was like, this is not going to be a good day. So Drew goes in. I'm like, oh, Drew, you're going to get your haircut for your birthday. So once I said birthday, he was hype. And so um, he sits down. He gets his haircut fine. Jay is just getting real antsy. So I had two lollipops in my purse from I don't even know when. I, hopefully they weren't expired. Um, and I'm like, Jay, I have this lollipop. So Drew, like, breaks his neck to, like, get the lollipop, right? So I'm like, okay, you have a lollipop. You both have a lollipop. This is lady sitting next to us. Jay is, like, flinging his lollipop all around, and he hits her with his lollipop. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. shoot. I'm like, I'm so sorry, ma'am. She's like, no, it's okay. She was so nice about it, but she, like, got up and washed her hands or whatever. So now it's Jay's turn. Jay doesn't want to sit in his chair. Normally he sits in the chair just fine to get his hair cut. He don't want to sit in the chair. So I sit there with him. This gives Drew the green light to cut the fuck up. Okay. So he is running around the barbershop. I'm like, Drew, please sit down. Try to use my nice mommy voice because you know me in public. I'm like, Drew, please sit down. No, I'm not sitting down. You sit down. And I'm just like, Drew, I am sitting down. Please sit down. I'm going to take your iPad away. I don't care. Take my iPad. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, Drew, I'm going to take your lollipop away. Well, I'm going to bite it. And he bit the, I mean, like everything he had a response to. He was just so disrespectful. <laughs> I tipped the lady extra. He was spinning around in somebody else's chair. I mean, when I say he was doing all the things, he was doing all the things, y'all. I was so embarrassed. And I was like, ma'am, I'm so sorry. She's like, no, it's fine. Yeah, you usually come here and they're usually good because they have a female barber. They usually don't give you any problems. They, I'm surprised they're acting like this. I'm like, shit, me too. So, yeah, that was my with the F moment for this week. I have several of them. But that one, I told Jared when I walked through the door, I said, never again. If you cannot take them, they just can't go. You just got the scheduled appointment when you were available. And if that's a month from now, that's a month from now. But I'm not taking them no more. So... <laughs> That was my WCF. So the kids cut up in the bar. Cut up. Or not. Okay. Y'all know both of them cut Yeah, up. they both cut up. But Drew was worse than Jay. I mean, he was just off the chain. Yeah, he tried it. Yes. <laughs> but I really enjoyed this episode. This is probably our longest episode to record. But, no, but I feel like it was good, needed. Good it was needed. Content. So those who stayed to the end, thank y'all. Y'all some troopers. <laughs> and... Tay Tay and Tay Tay. Both Talia of the and Taylor. Right. The Tays, the Ts. <laughs> Thank y'all so much for joining us and just being so vulnerable in this space. We love your transparency. And this is not the end. We'll probably have y'all back at some point. Absolutely. But thank you so, so much for your time. Yeah, we'll have to really, like, have a whole visual girl talk. Yes. Ne- the next one will be a visual, y'all. We are working on that. I told y'all, <laughs> over the summer, we are hammering some things out. So the next girl talk will be a visual, and y'all be able to see their beautiful faces. Absolutely. I mean, we get to see them, but y'all don't. But, yeah. So can you, can both of y'all tell folks how to find you on social media? If you are open to that, of course. If you want people looking for you. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I can be found on all social media platforms, CallieParker.co and CO. Um, and, yeah, thank y'all so much for having me. This is great. I'm so proud that you guys have created this beautiful thing. I think it's needed for the vulnerability and transparency from our voices. And um, I'm just feel so honored to have an opportunity to share this space with you. So, oh, thank you. Thank you, Talia. You know we love you. Mm-hmm.
Tay, where can they, excuse, Taylor, let me just, Taylor, where can the folks find you? So, uh, on Facebook or? <laughs> Whatever you want to share. Instagram, okay, probably. Okay. I don't think most, I think the grandparents use Facebook now. I use, I still use <laughs> yeah, Facebook. Yeah, but nobody really searching for the way on Facebook. <laughs> they looking for your Instagram. <laughs> so, I think my handle is K-R-O-B-E-S. Um, and we'll have it in the description box as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, you can find me there. Um, yeah. And, um, again, thank you for having me, inviting me to join, um, great conversation. Um, and yeah, just looking forward to hearing the feedback. If anyone else has gone through some of the things that, you know, we have, um, shared, uh, and I know we're not the only ones, so, um, thank you for creating this. Thank you for creating this platform uh, to have these types of conversations. Of course. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. you know, we love you too. All right, friends. All right. I'm, I'm very good. pleased this with this is conversation. Good. This is good. So we're going to pick this up again. So don't y'all get too comfortable in your seats because we'll certainly have y'all back for more mama talk. We got a lot more to discuss. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All, right, All right, everybody. Ladies. Good night. Bye. Stay at home on 9 to 5 Raising your babies with joy and pride A real